So why am I doing this? I'm starting this podcast because we all have a story and finances play a part in our struggles and successes. If we can learn from the many mistakes many others have made, we can make sure that more of us are successful. Like the quote says, to increase the chances of success, we must increase our failure rate. To be honest, I failed a ton. I will bring people from all walks of life, but mostly service members. If you have a story you would like to share, do not hesitate to reach out. From the go, like and subscribe to this podcast so many others can benefit. All right, good afternoon. So today we have uh, Jordan. He's a member of the special operations community, uh, finance expert, and dude, we've we've been talking on on Instagram for months now, uh, and I think we see the finance world uh, similarly. Uh, so yeah, man, how you doing? Great, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we I know we connect. I like to comment on your stuff. I think you're putting out some great content, so I, I appreciate you bringing me on. Yeah, man, it's a it's a pleasure, and it's a as as you know, it's just about how do we reach more people, uh, provide more resources to people in order for them to get into you know their version of wealthy, right? Uh, not not everybody's wealthy looks the same, but yeah, man, uh, what um, tell me a little bit about you? What are you, what are you open to share? What what do you do with your life and uh, and maybe your background? Where were you born, raised? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm from, uh, from the great state of Georgia, uh, mm. but I haven't lived here my whole life. I bounced around a little bit for the military, uh, for college, uh, my undergraduate and, and, uh, graduate school, uh, was in the state of Alabama. So I actually cool. got my law degree before I came into the finance space. Uh, wow. you know, I, I actually, when I first started in finance, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what the stock market was. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really had to be taught, uh, but one of my mentors, the guy that brought me over said, you know, I can teach you finance. I can't teach you relationship skills. Yeah. Uh, for any of those listening that want to be involved in finance in some way, you can learn finance, but you, you got to have those relationship skills because, you know, earning trust and building relationships is really a big key part of our job. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it's funny you say that because in the, in the world of finance, there's really, uh, what is it? There's many ways to skin that cat, yeah. right? But if, if you don't trust the people that you're working with uh, on both sides, right? If you cannot convey trust and you cannot ac- receive that trust, it's not going to go anywhere, right? Uh, and that's, that's super important. Uh, with that, uh, you, so you were born in Alabama. Uh, are you open to share what school you went to? Yeah, so I was, I was born in Georgia. Georgia, sorry, uh, Georgia. No worries. Uh, I went to Alabama for undergrad. Uh, and then I went to Samford for law school. Uh, and then uh, I got into finance uh, around 2017. Cool. Uh, but I've been in the military since 2009. So I did nice. a hard thing. Um, and it's it's been interesting. It's It's been great. I mean, there's interestingly enough, there's a lot of similarities between uh, the finance world, the military, or you just brought up a great point, right? Trust. So if you don't trust your teammates, you're not going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, super important to make sure you trust the people that you're working with. Um, and that, that just helps with communication that helps with mission accomplishment. Uh, yeah. and in terms of finance that helps make sure you get done what you want to get completed. You know, and, uh, maybe I'm gonna have to bring you in this idea that I have, uh, I want to write like a handbook. I already have the, the, the title for it, but it's like really the similarities of finance and, and, and warfare, right. Or the military. Uh, I don't know if you saw a post that I said, did of like 
how I see taxes, like the infantry, sorry, uh, taxable investments like the infantry, Roth like soft, real estate like fires, term insurance like a medevac and uh, permanent insurance like a medevac with a QRF. So it's like all of them play into our strategy and I wouldn't want to go to war with just one of them. Absolutely. Right? Well, I'm sure that you see it too. Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves is people that believe that the real estate is the only way to get wealthy. And I'm like, here, buddy, I can assure you Robert Kiyosaki doesn't only have a real estate. For sure. I'll put my whole paycheck on that. And they, they, it's, it's, I don't know why they negate it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, diversification of assets is super important, right? You can yeah. totally be gung-ho on one. Like, you know, I was a, I was a heavy weapons platoon leader, so I love machine guns, yeah. right? But I know that to win a battle, you need more than just a bunch of guys with machine guns. Yeah. Right? It, it, the same thing goes with finance, right? Make sure you're diversified is super important and, and, you know, your eggs aren't all in one basket. Yeah, totally. So, so with that, with finance, uh, I know you're in the finance space, but as you were growing up, uh, are you, what are your finance scripts? What did you hear people talk about? Uh, how were you brought up financially and how did that affect you uh, as an adult? Yeah, um, you know, I, I had an interesting childhood. You know, uh, a lot of folks, both in the military and those that just have grit in general, I feel like we don't always have the best lives growing up, Yeah. right? So, you know, when I was a kid, Great life. Parents were together. Wonderful. But about my teenage years, parents got divorced. Uh, I was in a very bad situation. Um, father was in and out of jail. My sister and I had to figure out how to keep the lights on at the house. Wow. We had some criminals and convicts living at our house. Um, you know, we eventually, my sister graduated. She went off to college and uh, I was homeless for a little bit. And, you know, we, we ate ramen noodles for a little while, you know. Um, but that said, you know, I've, I've seen what money can do and I've seen what a lack of money can do. And yeah. I never want to be in that situation again. And I, I want to make sure I can teach others financial literacy so they and their families don't end up in those situations as well. Right. Do you feel, um, and I think I try to convey this to people that have not come to maturity, but how important is it to you, the lessons that you learned in that time of lack of money? Like, do you go back to those as like, this is that important. This drives me. You know, I, I don't even know if it was the lack of money at that time. Um, it was just, I was in such an environment that, uh, I mean, I could have ended up dead. I could have ended up in jail. Somehow I didn't. And that was, I think, because there were, there were people guiding me that I was open to saying, you know what, I, I do need help right now. Like, it's okay to say I need help, uh, right? And, and taking those, not handouts, but, you know, when, when people are going to give you lessons, you listen, right? I think that's super important. Whether or not you agree with those, those lessons they teach you, at least be open to listen. And I think that's the same thing with talking to, to different financial advisors, right? Be open to, to what they're saying. Um, you know, but there was definitely a lot of financial-based learning that happened. Um, you know, just I, I lied about my age when I was 14 years old so I could get a job. Because I, I needed one, right? I, got, I worked at a chocolate store, which was a really yeah. cool job, uh, especially as a, as a 14 year old. But the, you know, you gotta, you gotta make, you gotta make things happen when you're yeah. in those situations and you know, you're going to take jobs. Shoot, man. I was, I was selling lemonade when I was a kid. I was selling aloe vera plants on the side of the road, anything to make some money. So I didn't have to rely on others. Mm -hmm. uh, but eventually, you know, you, you get to the point where you're, you're eating ramen noodles for weeks at a yeah. time. You're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, yeah. So um, those, are, those are just some of the lessons I learned. 
So just quick one, because I'm actually been thinking about this on ramen noodles. What is your favorite way to have ramen noodles if you were to try to show somebody how to enjoy it? Because I know like, there's a lot of young guys that are living that life, right? Yeah. I don't want to bring you back to that uh, tough moment, Thank but you. guys are like, how do I enjoy this, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't had ramen noodles in like 20 years, man. But yeah. uh, I, I was just the straight chicken seasoning back. It was fine. But I would crush stuff up in the ramen noodles too. I think I had like Doritos. I remember the Cool Ranch Doritos on chicken ramen noodles and it give it a, just a little bit of a crunch. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. I, that's so weird. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that made it work. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's guys, girls, there's people just eating a cup of noodles every day. Right. And, yeah. um, and fortunately I'm not in that situation again and I don't, I agree. That'd be, so that's a motivation to work and, you know, every day and say, I don't want ramen noodles day. Yeah. And, and maybe what I asked that is that I wanted guys to know that like, that even in those hard times, there's a quote unquote fond memory. You know, yeah. you were maybe that the Doritos is what made that day better, right? And that it's not permanent. Here Absolutely. you are, right? And yeah. the reason I also ask about ramen noodles, I have a very fond memory of ramen noodles. I didn't, I wasn't brought up eating it. I was in Afghanistan, and uh, on my birthday, uh, my teammate made ramen noodle and spam. And to this day, it's like ingrained in my mind as one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my entire life. You but again, oh, right. <laughs> right. Right. And, but again, like Afghanistan, it was all circum, circum, circumstantial, right? It's not like, so it's, you know, we all have our stories, right? So I run a share of that. Uh, and I think that hits it very hard, right? There's guys right now, guys and girls in the barracks, paycheck to paycheck, even ramen noodle. And they are literally going to eat ramen noodle while they listen to this. And they're going to be like, I can make it out. I yeah. can be where Jordan is. And it's going to be awesome. Right. And they'll never forget it, right? So sure. that's huge, man. That's huge. And I appreciate you being candid with that. Of course. Now, in, in, as you transition, or maybe not fully transition, going from the military to finance, uh, what skills did you gain in the military that you are able to apply now as a professional, and especially in the finance world? Sure, I think... Um, you know, understanding that we've always got to be ready for fragos, right? We've, we've always got to be ready to adapt. Um, you know, the, the market changes, our budgets change, life changes. Maybe you get pregnant or, or you get someone pregnant. And, yeah. and you know, you, we have to be able to plan with different courses of action, right? Different COAs and make sure we're prepared for those changes, right? We know that things can happen at any time what are the most likely things to happen, right? And therefore, what are our most likely courses of action? Uh, so I think one of the things one of my mentors here tells me in, in the business is that we, we have to work in the business, but we also have to work on the business, okay? Ooh. So the same thing with the military, right? Like you're, you're working on mission planning and you're working on yourself, right? right. You're constantly PTing, you're, you're constantly trying to make sure that you are prepared for the mission as well as reading, right? Reading about previous battle spaces and how you can utilize those concepts in a new battle you might encounter. Same thing with finance, right? If, if you're saying, well, I know I'm going to get my paycheck this month and I know it's going to be this exact amount, but what happens if my tire blows out? Mm. Do I have the finances to take care of that tire situation? How is that going to affect the rest of my budget? Do I have an emergency fund, right? So you have to think about these different potential courses of action 
in case the worst happens, right? Right. Hope for the best, plan for the worst, just in case stuff hits the fan. Yeah, it's funny. That's what I love about the finance world. It's very similar to the military, right? Like the 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 tire situation or getting somebody pregnant is like the enemy action, right? It's like, how do you react to it? Do you get paralyzed? Or you already have a course of action to be able to, that you've already planned for it, right? And in our time deploying, you know, the way the U.S. military is, we were sitting there waiting to get attacked. It was like, yeah. please do it. Please hit me. But in the finance world, people are like, oh, no, no, please don't. I don't want my tire to break. I don't want this to happen. But in reality, it's like if you're prepared, you're like, oh, there goes my tire. Whatever. Yeah. No big deal. Right. It's, it's and kind of like that hurry up and wait scenario. Right. <laughs> Probably use that, right? But we got to be ready for like when that wait happens, when that wait ends, finally. Yeah. Are you ready to move forward? Are you ready to, you know, go fix the tire? Are you ready to, you know, take care of a baby? All those things are there. Yeah. You know that possible. You got to start planning for them now before you get there. Or you're going to be screwed. You're going to be in a sandwich situation. 100%. 100%. So you said about personal development. Um, what are, you know, books or people you listen to? Uh, mentors, I mean, like, um, not close relationship mentors. Who do you listen to in the finance world, the personal development world that you could pass on to people? Or any favorites, for that matter? Uh, well, the book I most recently read, it's actually a little bit older, but it's called The Go-Giver. Okay. I don't know if you read that one. You <laughs> got excited oh, there. Bro, I live by law number one. Perfect. Live by it. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so the general idea for those that haven't read, at least to me and what I see is, you know, there, there are so many people that says, yeah, I want to be a go-getter. Right. But like having a giving mentality is going to pay off tenfold. Right. Yeah. So, so be someone that can offer something as opposed to just asking and asking. So I, I, I'm going to pivot real quick. I do a lot of networking. In fact, I started a networking organization where I live, um, you know, young professionals of city I live in. Right. And with that, I feel like people come to those and they're like, let me just make it rain business cards. That's not how to operate. Right. So just a tidbit for those of you that want to network in the civilian world, hmm. be willing to offer something else to others before you try to get something in return. Right. Yeah. You can't throw out your business cards and be salesy. That That's not going to work well for you. Maybe one time, but in the long run, no. You have to yeah. be there to connect other people and say, somebody says, yeah, I want to buy a house suit. Cool. Let me introduce you to my realtor friend. Right. You're not getting anything in return, but you're making a connection for other people. Ultimately, that's going to help you in the long run. That's that's that giving mentality. There we go. He pulls up, yes. pulls it up. Boom. Yeah. So your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually wow. have this saved on my desktop. Look at that. It's like, like pivotal to how I, I've, I've learned to see the world of finance. And, and uh, if you want to get too wealthy, you follow these laws, piece of cake. Piece of cake. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to put it up for people to, that are watching. Uh, and I'll, for those that are listening, the law is the law of value, law of compensation, law of influence, law of authenticity, and law of receptivity. So if you got any questions, go read The Go Giver. We're not going to give it all away because if not, you miss out on the book. Yeah. yeah. Sick, <laughs> dude. That's awesome. The Go Giver. Uh, cool. So what about people that you look up to? Uh, finance world, personal development? Yeah. Uh, some of my colleagues, I mean, these, these guys and girls that have been here, you know, 25 plus years, they know the deal. Um, you know, I, I, 
I do work with a lot of personal financial planning, but I've also been stepping into the business space as well for a while. And, yeah. you know, we, we don't know what we don't know. And, oh, my goodness, some of these guys and girls that have been here for, you know, 25, 35 years are just fountains of knowledge. So what's, what's the, the phrase about beware of old men in an occupation of young, young, of young men, yeah. <laughs> right? That, that's kind of how I feel in this space, right? There's, yeah. there's a lot of folks here. It's like talking to a Zulu or, you know, just somebody that's been around the block multiple yeah. times. Every yeah. single one of those people I know can teach me something that I didn't know the day before. 100%. Right. So, so there isn't one person necessarily. I just know that there are a bunch of folks that I have as colleagues that I know I can always talk to about yeah. anything I need. Great. So since we cannot reach them, uh, at least not easily. So what about on YouTube, social media, anybody you look up to or follow or are you, I wouldn't say nobody's perfect, right? We, sure. Who is somebody that you enjoy or are you like when they post something, you're like, oh man, this is going to be good. Oh my goodness. I can't think of her name. Uh, Cody Sanchez, is that who I'm thinking of? Cody I don't know if you said Cody Sanchez. Yeah, she uh, she has an Instagram page, and she's really great about talking about what are called boring businesses. Ooh. Okay. So boring businesses, obviously, that doesn't sound exciting. But a boring business can still be a successful business. So you think laundromats, vending machines, right? Something that you can start with less than $5,000, but you start building it up, and over time, it can really turn into something successful. Yeah, you have to put extremely large amounts of time and energy into it, but you get one location and you set something there, you start funding it, then you scout a new location with some profits that you made, and you start a yeah. an empire of vending machines or laundromats. Boring businesses is what she's all about, and and I actually I think she is uh, married to uh, a seal, um, so right. she knows the military community well. Uh, yeah, she's she's pretty cool from everything that I've seen her post about. Oh, I found her. Yeah, she is a. Uh investor in boring businesses yeah I dig it i mean alex hermosi follows her so she must be legit <laughs> yeah what's her what's her her at on instagram is it yeah cody it's a uh, at cody sanchez but cody is c-o-d-i-e and okay. sanchez with a z at the end yeah. yeah she's she seems badass yeah perfect now i'll be looking into that because uh boring businesses are, are, are a huge deal right we look at um i mean warren buffett made his money with uh, a paper route, right? And people think the only, it's easy to think of Warren Buffett as this investor. They negate the Warren Buffett paper, uh, paper route boy, the Warren Buffett picking up slips of the horse track to make a few cents, right? Exactly. You got to grind it early to live, get up to that wealth. Jordan, the 10 year old aloe vera salesman, okay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Jordan, the 10 year old aloe vera salesman. You got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah, man. So that's a big deal in a, in a boring business, but it helped you set a foundation. But, yeah, but that's great, man. That's great. And I like what you said about fragos, right? How we got to stay flexible and adjust. So, so what about asset classes? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about like stocks, but in general, and whether you have a favorite or not, what is something that you enjoy um, and, and how do you use it? Yeah, well, of course, everybody's in a different circumstance, and and what's good for one person might not be for good for another. So obviously, this is not financial advice. No, uh, but you know there are so many different asset classes that can be really good. So knowing that you know I'm not going to retire until probably ever because I want to work myself to death. But you know, thinking about retirement age, on I like you know very risky assets, not 
something like, you know, we're not going to talk about crypto or anything like, like that, but, you know, okay, so growth in tech stocks, right? That's something that fits my personality and my personal risk tolerance. Again, not like for everybody, right? But, you know, and, and for those, obviously, in the military that are listening, those are going to be the, the C fund, the S fund, the large cap, mid cap, small cap uh, mm-hmm. funds and, uh, and stocks, businesses that you're familiar with. You know the names, the Tesla, Apple, Netflix, Google, they are you know, heavily weighted in growth mm-hmm. funds, whether you're talking about ETFs or you're talking about mutual funds. I like those because I know I have a long time horizon mm-hmm. until I'm actually touching those assets, at least in my retirement accounts. I'm okay to live by that, that riskier investment because I'm not touching that money for a long time. And we know that statistically, you know, if, if you look at the market between 1926 and 2022, over a one-year return, you're looking at positivity 73% of the time. Mm-hmm. But if you look at over a 15-year annualized return, the market's positive 100% of the time. Yeah, too easy. Right? So long-term time horizon growth, I personally am going to be aggressive and, and, and risky in my investment choices. But again, just me personally, that's not necessarily right for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. Um, I recently got into, have you ever heard of TSP Calc? I have not. Tell me about it. You got to check it out. It's basically uses a seasonal strategy, buy TSP funds, and buy and sell on a schedule. Love it. I never thought I would get into a G fund. I recently put 100% of my money in the G fund. Crazy. Just, but again, it's for a short time. But uh, through that, it made me appreciate more the international stocks and ETFs. And I started looking for a Vanguard International or uh, iShares, whatever. And, man, there's just such great international companies. I totally believe in America. I'll never move my money completely out of America. But missing out on, like, um, the Louis Vuitton, Bernard Arnault's companies, you know, AstraZeneca, Toyota. Like, we would be ignorant to miss out on that. And I just wanted to throw that in because I'm really, like, I started wanted to put some money there, sure. and as I learned about uh, diversification, the global world, uh, the global markets are also part of our asset, right? I wouldn't tell anybody to go put 100% of your money in China. That's insane. But Alibaba's not bad, right? Yeah, no, you, you brought up some great points, right? It's important, I think most of all, just to be diversified, mm-hmm. right? And so the, the TSP calc, I think is what you called it. Yeah. I think that's great. Is it automatic or, or you, is it just making recommendations and then you have to go in and change it? It, it makes recommendations that you have to do it. I'll pull it up while, while you're talking. Yeah. Sure. So it yeah. sounds like, you know, if, if majority of folks are going to be those set it and forget it type people, right? Totally. Especially because we know how difficult it can be to log into your TSP account and change your, your allocations. Quick yeah. note right there. You can make a phone call to them and it makes the process a lot simpler. You don't have to know your password. You just tell them what's, uh, what your last LES deposit was. Um, that said, majority of the people aren't on, on this call are not, uh, stock traders, right? You're no. not, you're not buying and trading every day. So setting it and forgetting it, doing a dollar cost averaging approach might yeah. be a good strategy for you. Uh, for those listening that don't know what dollar cost averaging is, hmm. uh, it's, it's simply a strategy where you're putting a set amount of dollars towards a specific group of stocks or a specific fund. You're setting that amount and you're, you're leaving it alone. Maybe it's $500 a month, okay? You're putting it towards the C fund of your, your TSP. You don't care if it's gone up in price. You don't care if it's gone down in price. You're simply contributing the same exact amount. You're not being emotional about it. You're just being yeah. disciplined and consistent. And over time, that's going to perform better 
in the portfolio than if you tried to guess and pick and choose when the market was high and when it was low. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that I, I'm a huge fan of that, and I did buy and hold for a long time. The only reason I'm doing this is just because I learned something. Can you see a screen right now? Yeah, I can. Cool. So the way that this works is that there's all these strategies. There's that many, whatever. I picked one on, on somebody's recommendation, and what they're saying here is that the G Fund has performed, uh, let me put the C, S, and I, just so that you can see how the, this one works. And the good thing about TSP is that you can only trade max three times per month. And the third one can only be to the G. So technically it's only two. So the way that it's saying is that this strategy has performed like this these years. Obviously it's in hindsight. This year, C has done eight, S has done three, I has done 11. This one has done 11.29. So if you would have been on the I in 2023, you're crushing it, right? Most people are not there. And the way that this works is that once you sign up, it gives you notifications of when to buy and trade. Interesting. Right? That's it. It's super simple. You pick a strategy. And granted, a lot of it is in hindsight, right? How did it perform in the past? This is what we're suggesting now. But a lot of them have outperformed over time. And again, that, to me, what I like about it is not as stock picking, right? It's just, yeah. this is a strategy. Do it. And you got to stick to it. I, for example, I missed my S-Fund trade this morning, you know, and I get plenty of notifications. It was my bust. But it allows you to dollar cost average and move around while it's living there, which it's really important to whatever strategy you choose to stick to that plan, right? Huge fan of buy and hold dollar cost average, right? Like it's just something I'm giving people more tools. And the way that I start when people ask me about TSP, I'm like, watch this video because that website is daunting. You're not going to understand that until you watch the YouTube video. If you don't want to do that, then we buy and hold. Perfect. But at least people have gone through the process, right? Because it's not perfect. It's not for everybody, right? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, and and I, I'm glad what you said about dollar cost averaging. Not enough people are doing that. Uh, and that's huge. And you said something that you want to work till death. <laughs> and I'm realizing that more people that are successful work till death. Yeah. But I real as you were saying that again, this is a fresh thought. Not had not planned it. It's like I will be in my profession till death, because there's a point that you're stopped working. You're just enjoying it, going to and being in that environment, right? Uh, and, and not that what you said is wrong. I'm now I'm, I'm really big on like how do I massage the words to put it in a uh, more positive frame, you know? Because at some point you're gonna hopefully you'll be in your own office your own boss, doing the same thing, loving what you do, right? Holding your kid while in a meeting, right? That's the dream, right? Uh, it'll be pretty cool. So, and do you think you'll stay in finance or are you going to go back to law? No, uh, I, I think, you know, for a long time, my financial dream was to be successful, mm. right? But it, it took a very, very long time, years before I actually found out what success actually is to me. Okay. And, you know, I, I've got a wonderful wife. I've got two great dogs at home, two new cars. We don't have to think twice about buying gas. And, we're, we're, you know, we're not worried about if, if money, if we have to go to the hospital. Right. And I think that is success. I would consider myself successful. Right. I, I've met my dreams. I've met my goals. And, of course, now I have other goals. 
But I think we must remember to enjoy where we are now and not always focus on the next steps of the ladder to success. Is that right? Right, right, right. So, you know, I'm not necessarily going to work till I die. I was, you know, exactly. But I'm happy with what I do. I enjoy what I do. I've got uh, a client, my very first client, I wrote me a thank you note right here. Go. You know, kind of framed just because I'm like, all right, what I'm doing actually makes a positive impact on people's lives. Totally. That's super cool to me. You know, I, I don't know a lot of lawyers that feel that way. <laughs> some. Uh, and, and in the military too, right? There's some folks that are in there because they're like, hey, I'm making a difference. There's other folks that are in there because they're like, hey, look, I like the dudes and girls I work with. Other people are just like, it pays the bills. I got to figure out what I'm doing next. I got to get out because I don't like my leave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I think when you find something that you enjoy, that you're good at, and where you can make a positive impact on other people, that's a win-win-win situation. Right. Going back to the go-giver, you're giving so much value that you enjoy it. So like, like you said, I, I agree that I, I know you joke about working till death, but you want to give value till death. Exactly. Right. And, and I often think of like uh, dreams or the next thing as like, I mean, I'm somewhere that I enjoy. I want to go that next goal because I'm also going to enjoy that. Not that this one's bad, right? People think, act like if you're having other dreams and goals, it's saying that your current life is bad. It may be, but it may not be, right? And sure. we got to be able to continue to that. Absolutely. But are you open to share what your dreams and goals are? That's a tough one. I mean, I'd like a, I'd like a lake house pretty soon. That'd be fantastic. Uh, fish in the lake yeah yeah i i do like deep sea fishing more than lake yeah. fishing though but they're yeah. both pretty serene in their own right i think it's just a different mindset okay uh, you know i i think that'd be fantastic i it sounds funny i want a a larger yard for my dogs to run around it okay right and that's you know i i want my wife to have a bigger big book nook and library uh that she can access um okay I don't have too big of dreams for myself. I think my dreams are others focused and that makes me happy. What is an other focused dream that you have? Uh, If you open to share, you don't have to share if you don't want to. I want to be at the point where my wife retires, right? Like just theoretically, she could probably retire now and never work again. I mean, I'm 33 and she's a couple of years younger than I am. Uh, I think she'd be bored if she retired now. So she's not doing that anytime soon, but um, you know, that's, that's a goal that I want. Um, you know, we're, we're, we don't have any kids yet. I'd love to be a father in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, you know, and raise my kids would teach them things that I learned along the way, the harsh lessons, you know, despite my father being in and out of jail for half of my life, I learned a lot from him, uh, yeah. both what to do and what not to do in certain situations. So yeah, no resentment there. Uh, but I want to, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good husband. Uh, and I want to help as many clients as I can while still maintaining good relationships with them. Totally. Um, I think that's tough because the more people you help, the more you pull yourself away from others. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, having a lot of clients that I'm helping, but also maintaining good relationships with them is super important to me as well. Totally. That's huge. Uh, and I'm going to ask this question, not to, because it, it is something I saw recently. So have you heard of Cristiano Ronaldo, the soccer player? Yes. So I heard that he took a son where he was raised uh, in the poor town in Lisbon, and his son was like, Dad, you lived here? He was shocked. So would you show your son ramen noodles with Doritos? Yes, absolutely. I'd show him yeah. the right way. <laughs> I'd show my kid. I'd teach him how to cook chicken on a bonfire rock. You know, like, yeah. we're going to do all sorts yeah. of stuff, man. 
Uh, we're not pregnant yet, but I one day, uh, you know, that would be really, really great. Son or daughter, right? They're yeah. they're both gonna learn. Yeah, either way, right? It's gotta enjoy it and uh, value the things that uh, we we don't we now have. And I've seen this, especially in the military. I talk to a lot of guys in the military that are like coming from tough situations, tough upbringings, brought up poor, and I'm talking to them now. I'm like, you're in a beautiful home. I, there, you're in a beautiful home and I'm like you made it and you may not realize it because you are living paycheck to paycheck but you've already outdone your parents that is something to be proud of now let's just keep fixing it so that your kids can live in a more beautiful home travel more right we got to continue to move um, move the move the ball forward right uh, so that people can get there right and people feel that because in our surroundings, which the military is unusual that 25-year-olds buy houses left and right, yeah. right? It's like, you're already doing great. Enjoy this. Now we got to fix this. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. But you're also trying to break habits that your parents gave you while they were trying their best Absolutely. despite their failures, right? Uh, so it's incredibly interesting to, to see that. And I, I wish more people would value that time, right? Yeah. So... I always ask this, uh, have you maximized your military pay, your, uh, any bonuses? Did you take the career starter loan? Uh, if you're an officer, uh, like what, how did you, what did you do? Did you maximize HDIP if you got any, uh, deployment pay or is it all gone partied and drank? <laughs> uh, not at all of it. No. Uh, you know, I've, I've gotten an officer retention bonus, uh, which those are rare. I'm super lucky. I got one. Um, I, you know, I, I think ultimately just like my regular budget, I factored it into the, the 50, 20, 20, 10 method or what some people know as the 60, 20, 20 method. So right. for those of you who don't know what that is with mine, 50% of my income goes towards fixed expenses, my mortgage, the car payments, the, the stuff that's going to be the same every month. Yeah. 20% goes to saving and investing. That's retirement contributions. That's just saving in general, saving up for another property. 20% goes to fun money, right? So going out to eat, going on vacations, concerts, not like buying a jet ski every weekend, but like, you know, realistic fun money. And yeah. then 10% goes to charitable giving, okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying you have to be a charitable giving, right? But understanding that if you can allocate your money to specific areas before you actually spend it, if you can ensure that every single dollar you bring in has a job, yeah. then you're going to end up saving more in the long run. Yeah, I think that, and I try to explain this to people, I personally don't like budgets. Not a fan. Because I, the budget, to me, it feels like an AR of something that's passed. Right? I'd rather go on the offense. It's like, like you said, this is my money. I need to allocate it. This is what you're going to do upon your arrival. Right? You're, you know, what is it? Giving it task and purpose. Absolutely. Instead of waiting to like, oh, oh oops, my bad. Now I got to adjust the budget. Right? People are like, you can't live like that. Sure. So when I go ahead. Uh, on my last deployment, right, it was it was a significant amount of money, and I was like, all right, well, what what big events do I have coming up in my life? I had a wedding that I had to mm -hmm. pay for. Uh, I had a new house that you know we use the VA home loan, but we you still have to furnish the home, right? You can't yeah. do a house. Bachelors, make sure you put blinds on your windows and have curtains and have a friggin' plunger for your bathroom, please. Yep. <laughs> all right, yep. you got to furnish the home, right? So yep. I had a specific high yield savings account that I was utilizing while I was deployed 
that I was putting, you know, let's just call it a thousand dollars a month specifically towards that fund. Yeah. Right? Uh, house wedding truck fund is I think what I called it. So, you know, I, I was saving specifically for that thing and maybe you separate it, but no, if you have a specific goal in mind, a specific saving, allocate money towards that, but also make sure you're doing it efficiently, right? If you have an investment account, but when you sell those investments, you're going to have to pay taxes on it, right? Mm -hmm. If you utilize something like a savings account or a high yield savings account, you know, that money's liquid. You don't necessarily have to, you know, pay taxes on it like you would if you had an individual investment account. You're not touching your TSP, uh, you know, you're, you're not doing those things. So be cognizant of where you're saving those dollars in the vehicle specifically. Yeah. Are you open? Are you able to share what high yield savings accounts you enjoy? Uh, I'd rather not, but I, okay, will say, I will say that honestly, just Google, you know, best high yield savings accounts 2023. There's so yeah. many out there. I, I knew recently Apple paired up with, uh, I think it was Chase. Um, and it's like 4.15%. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm not, again, that's not me saying take action and go get a high yield savings account, but I think they should absolutely be looked into, right? Investigate those, uh, look at the ones that are gonna provide the best return for you and understand like your time horizon, right? When do you actually need the money? And think about that before you choose any investments as well. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's great. And I agree, like people kept asking me about the Apple one and I'm like, hear me out, man. I don't love it, but you're not gonna be wrong by you doing it. Like do whatever you want, right? It's better than what you're currently getting Right. And that's good enough for me. Right. People don't people think that they're trying to you immediately got to go to 10 percent when in reality, the four goes a long ways. And depending on the market conditions, the three may be amazing. Right. Uh, and, and people just you got to take your wins where you can and allocate that money. Right. Um, and, and like what you did on deployment is huge. Did you use SDP on that deployment? Were you uh, able to? I was, I was just thinking about that. Uh, I decided based on what, what I was looking at the market, what the market was predicted to be to not use SDP. And I'm actually okay with that. Uh, also, yeah. I deployed as a National Guardsman. You know, they put us on, on different title orders, but that made it a little bit more difficult to utilize SDP. So for those right. guards out there, it, it might be tough for you. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I, I think I earned like 43% my TSP on my deployment. Wow. It was tossed, awesome. but it was just really good timing, right? So yeah. uh, it, I think SDP is a really good program. For those of you who don't know what it is, essentially you could put up to $10,000 into the savings deposit program and you're going to get 10% back. Yeah. When, so after, you know, a year long deployment, let's say they're giving you $1,000 plus the 10000 that you put in there. So it can be a very good tool, especially if the market is certain or we're in a downturn. Yeah. And I had somebody say, it's just a thousand dollars. And I'm like, you don't get it. It's 10%. Yep. Like literally, uh, there's, there's financial advisors that would like to hit that on the stock market. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Like 10% is great. Like take that win. It's just 10,000. And I often tell people that if they have a lot of liquid money, I'm like, if you can afford to live on your high yield savings for two to three months, Put it in SDP, right? If you, I mean, there's a lot more to that, right? If you can afford without putting yourself in a tough situation, maybe you can overfund this SDP and then you can max fund, especially single guys. That's maybe what I'm thinking. Single guys is really easy. You don't have to feed uh, a family. Like, and it goes a long ways to put the 10 grand there and let it ride because I think once you allocate it, it stays there for a max of a year. And it's a huge win, huge win. Um, what is... Um, 
what do you say is the change that you want to make in the world? Oof. If so on a personal level, I just want to be better tomorrow than I am today. I, I always recite that a lot, right? And that can mean a lot of different things. So if I can help others be in a better position financially tomorrow than they are today, help them, help their families, that's a good day to me. That's yeah. my, my prize fighter day. You were asking me before about people I listen to. Somebody I listened to a couple of times is Ben Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. Uh, He's a motivational speaker. He and I used to work at the same company um, at different times. But, you know, he, he knows my, my metrics, my goals that I need to hit. Uh, he speaks to a lot of professional athletes, um, and I've met him before. He's, he's a great guy, but his one of the biggest things he kind of preaches is what does your prize fighter day look like, mm-hmm. right? Like what do you need to accomplish in the day in order to feel like you have accomplished something? You've right. been successful for the day because it's just about winning the day, right? You can't yeah. win a war in one day. You have to win multiple battles over time, right? So yeah. winning the day, what does that actually look like? If I can win my day, if I can help at least one other person, that's success to me. Yeah, that's huge. That is huge. I've never heard of the price fighter day. I like that a lot. I've heard people say uh, that just for one day, I want to do this. And that goes along. That same similar idea, right? Win that one battle, which is huge. Yeah. So with your wife uh, and yourself, what are non-negotiables that you will always spend top dollar on? Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, oof. I think there are certain things in our life that we're definitely like, we're not going to skimp on those bed sheets. Bed sheets okay. are like Cute. getting very, very high thread count bed sheets. Call me bougie, but like it's got to have a high thread count for me to be comfortable. I don't want that, yeah. that scratchy sheet, right? That's um, more advice for the young bachelors. Yeah. High exactly. thread count. It's good yeah. for you. Girls you know will appreciate it. Right? You don't got to get silk sheets or satin sheets, but, but you I got to have at least four pillows, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, the wives will absolutely love to put like 20 pillows on your bed. You're like, where yeah. do I lay? Like, what? We're just going to put the pillows on the floor, then put them back. It doesn't make sense. Oh. Um, dog food. Dog food, super important. So, my wife actually managed a dog daycare while she was in college. Okay. And, um, you know, I was feeding my dog like, you know, the, the cheap stuff. It was like, all right, it's food, whatever. She likes it. It's, but uh, I think. Just like how we feed our bodies, we gotta we gotta feed our our dogs' bodies. We love them; they're a part of our family. So we spend a good amount of money on dog food. What uh, do you buy? Which food do you buy? Uh, so again, not advertising this, but Farmer's Dog is what is what she yeah. utilizes uh, for our dogs. So we rescued one of our dogs uh, recently. She's six months old now, and they they had a deal with Farmer's Dog like from the rescue. Uh, and they were like, hey, you get half off your first shipment. So we're like, no, let's check it out. And we have a deep freeze in our garage that I literally had to purchase just for the dog food because that's how much they sent us. So Whoa. We, it's like, you know, it comes in a very nice package. It says the dog's name on it. Like we're spending a lot of money on dog food. So yeah, not, only only do that, guys, if, if you can uh, if you can afford to. So we're in a good enough position where we can our dogs can be bougie. Yeah. But, the reason I ask is I put my dog in Lucy on Lucy Pet uh, after it was recommended to me by a former Marsoc dog handler. Okay. So it's great food, and they give a military discount. So uh, it's I love it. I love it. It's really really good stuff. Yeah. So cool. So bed sheets, dog food, anything else? Uh, you know, I think I think vacations are important, right? As as we get older and as we spend less and less time 
with our loved ones? Because if you think about like, all right, if your parents are still alive, how many times are you going to see them for the rest of your life? Yeah, I know that's a really tough question to think about. But I mean, if you see your parents once every year on Christmas and they're in their 60s, we're yeah. going to see them 10, 20 more times for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think, you know, traveling with loved ones is super important. It builds those core memories. So if you're going to travel with them, do it the right way. Yeah. Right? Stay in a nice place, do the fun things that might cost a little bit more money, go out to the nicer restaurants. I think it's super important. That's huge. And uh, I appreciate you said that because uh, I was just talking to somebody about it that uh, I'm going to Spain with my mom's husband. My, it's not my stepdad because he came in late. Uh, he's like my buddy. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's in his 70s. I'm like, today's, you know, his clock is ticking and yep. I'm, I'm going to get to spend two weeks with this guy. And I'm like, it's totally worth it. And uh, I realize spend my 20 year career away from home. And I'm at a point in my life since I'm, you know, divorced. And I'm like, I want to go home and live with my mom. I want to give her a few months. Maybe, I, I don't know if a year. I don't know if I could tolerate a whole year. But <laughs> a few months of just, like, being with my mom all the time. I think she would appreciate that. And, and I think we negate, you know, we deny that. And it's so important. There's this chart. Have you ever seen this chart? It's been on Instagram. The amount of time we spend with loved ones steadily decreases over time. And the reality is that we don't have to go back to being a kid where you're 100% of the time. But, you know, like you said, if you only see your parents for 10 more times, you literally can make one more day. And you're going to double it. That's exactly. huge. And start with those small wins, right? With the, the power of 1%, right? Just little changes. That's, that's great. Where, where are you guys traveling next? Any plays that you guys have on the a list and why? So she's going to the Pacific Northwest with her friend. Uh, okay. And I, I've got military stuff I've got to do. So I was like, yeah, do your, do your, your back West trip. Um, I don't even know where I, our next big trip is going to be. I can tell you, we went to Italy in October for 10 days. That was super cool. Okay. Uh, um, went to Louisville uh, earlier in the Wait, year. wait, Louisville, Italy? No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, yeah. it's, like, it's like Paris, Texas, right? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, not the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Louisville, uh, we, we we visited Churchill Downs, which is really cool. We want to go to the 150th next year. Going to get those tickets as soon as they come out. That's what the is one, my... the 150th uh, Kentucky Derby. Oh, wow. Yeah. The, tickets, the tickets that are to that are, are surprisingly not as high as I thought they'd be. So if you get like a group of six people, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, and then uh, we went to Arizona to visit some good friends. Cool. As well. um, so we, we like to travel. We probably travel once every couple of months to, to a new place. Uh, but I think it's important to enjoy where you are too, right? Like state of Georgia has a lot to offer. Um, you know, the city of Atlanta has a lot to offer. Um, and I think even, even the States, the flyover States, you can absolutely find something there. I always joke with my wife about the movie, um, yes, man with Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've seen that one, but he's, he's essentially, he gets hypnotized. And he says yes to every single opportunity, everything. Yeah. And he goes on a date with a girl and, and they go to the airport and he says, let's just go to the first place where the next flight's available. And it was like Lake in Nebraska. And yeah. Like, all right, let's go have some fun. And they just make the most of it. And, you know, like they go to some museum, they go to a corn huskers game. So I think having the mentality of just enjoying where you are is super important also. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, again, travel. If you spend a little bit more on some travel, you can really enjoy that time and make some good core memories. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's huge. And, you know, we're trying to share people. To me, it's important to share dreams. So show people that you can achieve them and you got to stay uh, not 
focus on them, but they can become real and enjoy yeah. them, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I would, I would let me, if I can clarify too, right? Like, yeah. travel's our thing, so it's important yeah. to maybe travel isn't somebody's thing. So obviously, you don't spend more travel there. But like, if you love going to plays, spend some money on some plays, get the good seats where you're next to the orchestra, where you can see the sweat dripping off the performers. Yeah, right? like when you're allocating your budget to that that fun money, right? It's, it's what you really enjoy. That's something you're passionate about. If, if you are really passionate about, about volunteering or, you know, having charitable giving, put that into your budget, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying, you know, spend it on something specific other than something that's important to you. If it's important to you, you can afford to save a little bit more for that important thing. And I think you said something huge because a lot of people, and I'm going I'm to shoot it down because it's, uh, I hear it all the time, is guns and ammo, right? I love it. Glad you love them. How important is it, this material thing? Yeah. Right. And right. I, I get it. We can, we can dive into this conversation. It's so deep. And I'm not, I'm not anti-gun. Uh, but is that the most important thing? Is this what's going to give you joy at the end of your life? I highly doubt it. Yep. Right? I, I completely agree with you. You know, maybe, right. maybe you have some buddies and you guys like going to the shooting range. Cool. Or you're in shooting competitions. I get cool. that. Like, huge. You don't need to load up on 30 guns just to have them. Again, I'm also not anti-gun. I was a friggin' infantryman and infantry officer. It's so I love, I love me some guns, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, what's, what's the ROI, right? Yeah. Uh, what, is, what is your return on investment? So experiences are important. So, look, if, if you're going to, to SHOT Show, you're, you know, you're doing that and that is something you're passionate about, I get that. Uh, but, you know, you're... you're as when you when you pull that trigger, your ammo's flying out of your 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 spin ammo's flying out of your gun, just like the dollars are flying out of your wallet. Yeah, so you're probably not going to remember that shot either, right? right? Just allocate it efficiently. That's all yeah. I care about is yeah. allocating your dollars efficiently. It, it made me think when you're talking about uh, um, tickets for the 150th is that I'm uh, I'm I'm doing everything in my power to go to the World Cup final when the World Cup comes to America. That is like huge to me. I want to be. I don't care who plays. I just want to finally go to World Cup final, uh, even though the probably greatest World Cup final just passed us. Um, yeah. did, is it happening in Atlanta? I feel like I saw it might happen in Atlanta, but did they finalize? They haven't. I, I have suspicion that uh, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, the owner of the yeah. Cowboys, he is going to make sure it happens in Dallas. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. that's a cool stadium too. I went there for the uh, the NFL draft. Looks like yeah. 2018. I had some clients over there. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. You see, like, got to enjoy those things. So uh, we, we've talked a lot, great conversations, and, and you're, you're doing a lot for people. Uh, if you're open to share, just as we talk about failures that people had, can you think of one, two, three things that you see commonly or things that are just drastic mistakes that people make or that you have to work with their situation to improve it? Does that make yeah. sense? No, it does. Um, first thing that comes to mind is short-term gratification. People are so much like, I just, I want it now. They don't want to wait, especially Generation Z, right? Like long-term gratification is so important. Saving little bits now will pay off immensely in the future. You know, that's you why- say that, quick, quick question. Would you say even $10 a month makes a difference? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. $10 a month is $120 a year. Love it, right? Like, yeah. like it's it's going to help in the future. Now, obviously, we could argue semantics about the type of vehicle you're saving in, but the, the total idea is just saving money for the future. 
you know, yeah. and, and investment vehicles are great because of compound interest, right? Even high yield savings accounts, right? So don't just stick a bunch of cash in a safe or under your bed because that's going to lose out to inflation. Yeah. Right. I can understand if you just want to have some immediately for the friggin' zombie apocalypse or whatever you think might happen, what could happen, who knows? But, right. Like saving for long term gratification is super important. And I, and I don't think enough people think about it. I remember sitting in the one TSP class we got in basic at Fort Benning, now Fort Moore. Um, and there was this guy next to me, you know, I was 19, he was 18, and he had three kids. Oof. And he was, I was, you know, I was like, should we put like 5% of our money into this? I didn't know anything about saving. And he said, no, I need all my money right now. I got a family to take care of. And while I felt for him and I, and I understood where he was coming from, I, I couldn't help but think to myself like, man, this, this guy is not going to set himself up for success in the future if he doesn't just save a little bit. Yeah. You know, so, so save just a little bit, 5%, 10%, whatever you feel comfortable with. As long as, you know, you have an emergency fund set off to the side, right? That's yeah. going to allow you, whether it's three months expenses or six months expenses, if you have dependents, save something for your future self, we'll thank you for it. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's the big thing. Um, other lessons learned, I would say, just people don't have emergency funds. They're just living all willy-nilly, you know, paycheck to paycheck. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you need to make some life choice changes. Yeah. Right? You don't, maybe you need to bring in a roommate, right? Mark Cuban was living with like five other roommates, you know, on his floor to make things work. If you got to make things work, you got to make things work. Um, so making sure you have an emergency fund or not having emergency fund, excuse me, is going to be a big lesson. Right. I, I make sure people learn about, um, and then just spending frivolously, right? Uh, it, it's okay to be bougie on one or two things when everything else is covered. When you've, when you've, Cover the defensive side of the ball. That's only when you can focus on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. right? You, you can't just put all of your, your reinvestment bonus into crypto and expect good things to happen. Okay. No. If you don't have an emergency fund, right? Three months expenses, shoot one month expenses saved up. You are setting yourself up for failure. 100%. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, I, I love that. That's huge. Huge. Too many guys uh, and girls, right? Miss that. Right. And again, uh, you have to take care of many versions of you, right? Jaime at 37, 47, 57, 67. And that's what, like you said, you get that bonus, you split it accordingly. You're going to change your life, right? Yeah. Uh, and funny, I'll, I'll share this is I'm super excited about this one. I just set up a crypto account under a trust. So I'll never pay capital gains on it. Oh, my, my kids won't. And I'm like super stoked for it because I believe in it. But I believe in it within reason, much like I try to think of like uh, the all-weather portfolio by Dalio. He put 7.5% in gold. And I'm like, around there. Yeah, good. But people that put 100% on it, I'm like, I hope you get really wealthy because if not, it's going to be really bad. Yeah. Like, this only goes one of two ways. You can't put all your eggs in one basket because if that basket breaks, you're screwed. Screwed. Yeah, that's great. So, dude, this has been a great conversation. Uh, any closing uh, comments for my audience? For if, if you share your audience, your friends, your family, any anything you would like to close with? Uh, well, I mean, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, I would just say, you know, you're not going to be a millionaire tomorrow, right? You, you gotta. It, it's you have to plan for the long term. Yeah. Right? Um, you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start if you want to be great. Wow. 
Is that is that yours? Uh, I I heard it a long time ago. I don't remember where. Okay. But you know, you, you, you're not going to be a millionaire tomorrow, right? But it, but if you start saving today, who knows what's going to happen in the future? That is such a good quote. You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Wow. I literally wrote that down for the people that couldn't see it. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, Jordan, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you, brother. It was a great pleasure, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you guys soon. This podcast is not financial advice, and it only represents the opinions of those participating. Our goal is to get you to your version of financial independence. Please follow and like on every platform.